You're listening to the Melrose Place podcast, where we rewatch, recap, and analyze every episode of the hit 90s TV series, Melrose Place. I'm Dan Hill. And I'm Jenny Hill. Let's get started. Episode one, I am curious, Melrose. Air date September 12th, 1994. We're back with season three. And before we start, I just want to paint a little picture of where we're at in the world. The last season ended in May, late May. And so they've taken a couple months off. And in the world, so Melrose Place aired on Monday. At 8 p.m., it was up against Coach, The Nanny, and The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And this is still 1994, correct? This is still 94, yeah. And since Melrose Place was a block, it was also up against a second episode of Fresh Prince, Um, uh, Dave's World. I don't remember that shit at all. Uh, Blue Skies at 8.30 and then after Melrose Place on Fox was a party of five. Yeah. And um, a list of like the number one song in September of 1994. Do you have a guess? Janet Jackson. Nope. Boys to Men. Mm. Do you know what song? How Could I Say Goodbye to Yesterday? It's So Hard to Say Goodbye to Yesterday? Yeah. Incorrect. It is, I'll make a love to you. Oh, yeah. Yep. And the number one movie in September of 1994. Forrest Gump. Ding, ding, ding. Mm, I used to work at Gum Shrimp Company. Wow. So <laughs> Yeah, you really nailed I that. I got all the trivia for Forrest Gump right here in Monaghan. You got it all. Um, number two was Natural Born Killers. Love that movie. Number three, Clear and Present Danger. And very much lower, number 16, is my favorite, Jurassic Park, which I guess was leaving theaters because mm. that was a huge movie mm-hmm. and the best. So that's uh, that's a little picture of 94 for you in September. Let's kick it off here. So instead of the opening credits that we're typically used to, we open with a pair of shoes running out from a car into the hospital, and they love using this device. Yeah, I thought something was wrong with our DVD with the box set. I restarted it. You're like, oh, excuse me, where? Yeah. <laughs> where's the turn and smile and look into the camera? Yeah, where's we want it at? the theme song. Um, but we, it's a cold open just there, and we see these pair of shoes running into the hospital. We learn they're Kimberly Shaw, and if you'll remember, we left last season with Michael being hit and run in a car. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to find out what his condition is. And he basically, Levin says that he has acute cerebral swelling, which is exactly 
what Kimberly had. Wow, Kimberly's really doing a great job of exacting revenge <laughs> on Michael. But they've made sure to say that it's exactly what Kimberly had, but way worse. Oh, even worse than what she had. And he has a much less chance of living. Kimberly was 50-50. Michael is like deathbed. <laughs> so... We cut over quickly to Melrose Place where it is a complete crime scene. Cops are just crawling everywhere. They want to talk to the tenants there to find out who could have killed Michael or attempted to kill Michael Mancini. Yeah. And um, so Sydney, as Jenny said, is like on looking and Joe comes up behind her. This is supposed to be the next day, but Joe looks completely different and like way better. Like you think her hair is longer? It's straight. It like they both look better. Like Sydney looks great too, mm-hmm. and it's it's just supposed to be the next day. But we can tell there's basically been an entire summer <laughs> <laughs> between the 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 between the last episode and this episode. So Joe's like, "Hey, what's what's going on, bud? Why aren't you just going into your house? I know it's a crime scene and all, but what's your deal?" And Joe lets Sydney know what happened. It turns out Michael got run down and it looked like they, that the person that ran him over had Jane's car. And Mm -hmm. she's like, wait, does Jane know this? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I talked to Jane earlier. She's pretty freaked out. I helped her get a lawyer and Joe prime Sydney for the fact that the cops are probably going to want to talk to her. But instead of actually going into Marlboro's place, Sydney runs out because she's got a lot of stuff to do. She wants to talk to Jane. She probably wants to talk to Kimberly to make sure that they're all on the same page. And doesn't Sydney just like push Joe out of the way and is like, get, get away from me. Or like, let me out of here. Yeah. She Joe's just like blocking out. her. She says that she can't talk to the cops. Jake's now being questioned by a cop, and he is played by Anthony Quinn, who, like, I was so on board with him. I was like, I know this guy. I know where he's from, but I couldn't put my finger on him the entire episode, and it's Boy Meets World. He's the cool teacher. Yeah, he is. We cut over now to Jane, who is being held in jail, and she's being questioned. Um, she's pleading her case. She's trying to tell the cops questioning her that someone's trying to frame her. It's been a setup and, um, that she doesn't really have much of an alibi. Like I thought she did. Uh, apparently when this whole thing went down, she was in the park eating a sack lunch and nobody saw her and she was not with anybody from her office. Did she use the term sack? They did. Yes. (laughs) I had a sack lunch officer. Yeah. What the hell? Uh, yeah, and now we, and yeah, they are really, really grilling Jane. The cops aren't buying it. I mean, it definitely, this crime was perpetrated with her car Mm -hmm. while it was stolen or not. It's very suspect to them that the car would end back up at Jane's place of work. And that's their biggest lead. So they're going to go on it. And Jane decides to do the smart thing and say, I'm not talking to you without my lawyer present. I, I think it's funny that that this type of scene, like in a questioning room uh, interrogation, it's like it mirrors today's like law and order episodes where they're just grilling people in the chair. 
Like this, this is happening today. What we've seen in '94. Well, Dan, you'll probably remember that Law and Order started in the early '90s. Oh shit! That's been going on <laughs> for years and years and years and years. Dong dong. But it, I mean, it's funny that it's a formula that they have it. to use in those like police procedurals. Yeah, and he, the cop says, "Let's skip the runaround. A confession now will save you from a lot of trouble later." And fine, bringing in your attorney only gives us more time to build our case against you. <gasps> And now the credits. Now. And guys, there's been some changes. So many changes. They shortened the whole, the credits. I mean, the. the, They chopped up the song. Yeah, the song is a lot different. And we still have our mainstays, but some have like new look and turn to the cameras. Yeah. We finally, Sydney is a fucking regular. Thank God. Laura Layton is in there and Dan loves the footage that they chose. Fucking Top Hat Jungle Jane. He's pantomiming it right now. (laughs) She looks into the mirrors while she's stripping. And she looks really good. Unfortunately. We we have some, some, uh, some sayonaras. We have to say goodbye to the Jake refrigerator that's exactly what i was gonna say that now jake the whole opening the refrigerator with jake's washboard abs they're gone no i love that scene happy trails to uh billy's lonely walk down the street where he grabs the first guy he sees hey man come to my bachelor party i think they probably like were like that was a weird scene anyways like a weird little image to show yep Uh, yeah but still no kimberly no kimberly I I'm mean, sad about she's, that. she's credited in the special guests, of course, but we don't have a look to turn to the camera with her. Nope. And Allison's is completely brand new. Her her thing, because her last one was horrible. <laughs> this one isn't much better, Dan. It's not great, but... I mean, the helmet is really highlighted at yep, least. The hermit is in. Yeah. At least. And now she's not in those mom jeans and, uh, and vest. That she was in, in the first <laughs> we one. We have her like eating from a plastic spoon. <laughs> <laughs> of all of the scenes that you had of Allison, why would you show that and one? Is that from her frozen yogurt with Joe or from her date with her therapist? Oh my God. Uh, I Frozen yogurt with Joe, I think. Is it frozen yogurt yeah. with Joe? Um, and Joe's is brand new. Because yeah. hers was done very sloppily. Like Joe's. It was cool with the, like the hat, the top hat, and yeah. she was like, <laughs> like smiling all big. <laughs> but they, they, it, you could tell that it was like just spliced in. Yeah, because they, she was like a later addition, and they needed to put her into the cast after they got Rhonda and um, what's her name, Southern Bale. Oh, Sandy, Sandy yeah. Harley. Right. Yeah. So they, they've really, they've tightened it up, added new, and gotten rid of some old. Yeah, so we now open to a skyline of L.A., and we're in Melrose Place where Heather Locklear, I don't know why I put her name, (laughs) where Amanda Amanda. has had it with Joe and playing this tug of war over Jake. And yeah, Joe's just like, look, I am having a baby. I'm done. You can have him. He's yours. I am sick of this whole like stupid fighting over a man. Now, we chop over to Billy and Allison's mom when Billy's like, he's starting to grill her now. 
Well, he's trying to wrap his head around what could have happened on their wedding day. First, Allison's gone. The last person she talks to is her father. And then inexplicably, the father is gone. Yeah. So this is very strange to him. And she's she's basically like, she's all but saying like, oh, yeah. Time heals all wounds. So yeah, the mom is being She's weird. Basically, like, well, they were molested. No, so. She did not say that. She she says, "Oh, I thought it was over. I thought it was over. I mean, first Meredith and now Allison, but time heals all wounds. I firmly believe that." And she's basically she saying knows. all of this to herself. Yeah. And Billy's just witnessing it, and he's like, "Wait, what are you talking about? What happened?" And then her mom is like, "No, no, forget it. I said anything. Forget about." it and then all of a sudden billy's like putting this all together and he's like wait the dreams they started when we were at your house it was your husband wasn't it it was allison's father no No, it wasn't he touched her and it's just to me like these accusations flying like this is just so like crazy it's a very lassie moment where he's like just like grilling her like what is it girl tell me did Timmy fall down the well? Is that what's going on? Oh, wait. They were molested yeah. by by your <laughs> husband. It is very much like that. Uh, and, of course, Allison's mother is very surprised and shocked to hear this accusation come out. And she says, how can you even ask that? And promptly slaps Billy across the yeah. face. Did he molest them? Is that it? Smack. She, like, pops him. And it's funny because... <laughs> Billy does not even react to the smoke. No, he's so intense now. <laughs> I mean, but well, even if it was like a small tap, you'd think like your reaction to, would be maybe to hold your face or there's nothing. No, he I just mean, keeps going. When you've been punched in the face as much as Billy, you just sort of... You roll with it. Yeah. You, you, you know what it feels <laughs> like and you just keep going. Yeah, you can basically throw Billy down the stairs and he'll just... He's fallen off a horse, got punched by Jake, got beat up by um, Keith. Yeah, with a metal bar. Yeah, metal bar. <laughs> I mean, he's getting fucked up at strip joints. Like, my man has been through it. He's been through it. Yeah, so he continues with the accusation saying, something is wrong with your husband. Did he go to San Francisco? That's where Meredith is. Where could he be? Tell me, tell me. He's so intense. He's yeah. got to find her. Now we shoot over to san francisco there's a what do you call it when they like paint a picture of like insert shots of like a trolley An exterior shot yeah but it's oh, like sort establishing of shots yeah. of like where they are so you see the the like the cable car yeah. yeah and we go to allison's sister's house and she lives in a pretty legit victorian that's my note i said does she live at a bed and breakfast and in San Francisco, that house... I, I Billion mean, dollars. Presumably, she lives there by herself. That's what it feels like. That's what yeah. it seems like, unless they have like a duplex or... I mean, that... For a house like that today, you are crushing it. I mean... At life. And honestly, if you were renting that, you would probably be paying five to $6,000 in rent. Yeah. I mean, easily. And all they do is just sit in this little... This little nook 
Yeah, and that's, her house. That, they might. They're like. It looks like there's like it a looks sign like up a bed sheet. and breakfast. Yeah, yeah, it's a bed and breakfast. And they're they're sitting in this like old antique Victorian floral couch, and the sister comes out with coffee, and she's like, do you, do, "Does it kind of get on your nerves that the sister talks like a baby a little bit?" Yeah, well, that happens when you're you get well, abused. That could have been a choice made by the actor. She's like. Oh, Allison, here, yeah. I have coffee for you. Remember when we were kids? We never tried to sneak alcohol or cigarettes. It was coffee. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> Allison is like... I'll pay money for you to do that again. <laughs> and Allison... Oh, Allison. <laughs> I mean... When, they say when you get like abused, you sort of get like arrested in that state. Yeah, no, and of, I and you you do make a really good point. I have like I have heard that as well, um, and so Allison is just basically like Meredith. What are we doing here? Can we please cool it with the chit chat? We need a plan of oh action. God. Our father abused us, and we need to figure out what we're going to do about it. And Meredith is like, dude. Let it go. I live in a badass house. Oh, Allison, you just need to get over it. I told you what we're going to do. Nothing. Now you go back to L.A., you marry that boy, and you forget about our father. <laughs> That's brilliant. So she says she's oh going to work. Allison implores, please take the day off. We need to figure this out together. We're in it together. And this works. So the sister's like, okay, I'll take the day off. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's like, just call in sick. I do it all the time. <laughs> I never go to work when I have personal crises. And yeah. that's like seriously every other day of my life. And I take off work to do Christmas shopping. <laughs> so next scene, we go to the lockup, to the clink. Where Jane's in jail. Poor Jane. Why do they have their inmates wearing nurses' uniforms? <laughs> <laughs> they just they just subbed them. Very it's, weird. It's a wing of the hospital. I'm telling you guys, like, look, this does not look like a prison. I mean, I guess she's not in like inmate like, garb. Prison issued. Yeah, it looks like a nurse's uniform, and like it's a, like even cinched at the waist with like a you can like tie in the back to make it even like tighter around your she's waist. like in a she's a dental assistant that's what it looks and like she's in like kids she's not in like prison issued uh but i'm sure they just snatched some shit from from the hospital like hospital you uh, mean costume wise yeah they were like okay we have to put her in yeah these scrubs will work yeah just put just her. <laughs> throw her in or scrubs <laughs> so jane has a visitor turns out it's sydney and Sydney wants to kind of get to the bottom of all of this. And she's just learned that Jane's been accused of trying to kill Michael. And this this doesn't work for me because Sydney, you know that you're involved. You know it. And isn't she I can't remember if she's sworn off of Jane again. Dan, we know Sydney. OK, she'll say I hate you, Jane. I never want to see you again. And then the very next episode, she's at her doorstep. Please, Please. Jane. And I think for Sydney. But which which revolution are we at? Are we at please, Jane, help me? Yes. Or, or did she already get shunned away? No, she gets shunned away every time by Jane. But right. I think that there's still a vestige of hope in Sydney's mind that maybe one day her and Jane can 
repair everything and be sisters again. Yeah. And I think she was down for this murdering Michael plan, but she had no idea that that would come at a cost to Jane's freedom. But so, all right. So if that's the case, then she like, cause she's beats around the bush. She's like, Jane, you're being framed and I know it. Why doesn't she just say, Jane, you're being framed by Kimberly. Here's why. Well, like lay it out. Jane there. doesn't give her the chance, Dan, because she says, you're you're innocent. Someone is setting you up. And then Jane says, yes, somebody is. I've been in here trying to rack my brain to see who this person could be. Who mm-hmm. hates me and Michael enough to want to see him dead and me locked up? And you know what? I could not think of anybody else but you, Sydney. Ding, ding, ding. And you're the one that's doing this. You are the one that has completely set me up. And I just, I can't believe that, that you've done this to me. And then Sydney wants to defend herself. And she's like, it's not true. Are you crazy? And Jane says, no, but you are. And I like, I, I'm done with you. I'm going to get out of here and I'm going to plead my innocence, and they're going to see that it was all you this whole time. And then Sydney's like, I came here as your sister, and you just dump all over me. I'm out of here. Yeah, so I think that, that that she had the opportunity to tell Jane about Kimberly's plan and maybe even implicate herself in the previous murder plot, and she was probably going to lay it out on all on the table. But then again, this whole sister feud gets in the way, and... One thing you have to remember about Sydney is she's always seeking Jane's approval and love, even though whenever she gets that from Jane, it's like she wants to destroy her. It's like she wants to dominate her to be better than her. Mm-hmm. So hence Jungle Jane. Yeah, I I, I don't. Know. She wants to be her. Yeah, she just wants to be her. Poor Jane. I mean, she still looks good even in prison. She does. She does. She she rocks those nurses slash jailbird <laughs> scrubs very well. Yep. So next scene, we go over to Jake's apartment. He sees a letter on the door, and I love that he takes it off and reads it out loud so we know what it is. Yeah. I need to see you right away. Amanda. Love, Amanda. <laughs> So Jake goes on up to Amanda's apartment and she's waiting for him saying that she called in sick out of work today. Yeah. A lot of people taking sick days today. And I know for someone who's just been uh, dismissed of sexual harassment charges, you probably like should be putting your best foot forward in the workplace and like not calling out sick and, you know, sort of like trying to be the best boss you can be at D and D. But anyway, she just like she gets all up on Jake and Jake kind of like, uh, what's you doing, girl? Like back up off me. And she says, I found out this morning that Joe is out of the running and you're all mine. And I'm totally fine with that. And Jake has to say, Amanda, listen to yourself. Yeah. You guys have made me into this prize that needs to be won. And she said, well, what's wrong with that? I mean, any other guy would be flattered to know that you have two women fighting over you. Yeah, he's like, look, man, I'm not property. Can you, like, back up and give me some space? And he's 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 like, I don't, you know, me, you, and Joe, we've never really worked out, have we? 
So Amanda comes to the realization, oh my gosh, you're dumping me again. And then best line of the episode. I'm dumping relationships in general. I'm just burnt out on the whole concept. So <laughs> so it's really over. Yeah, and Amanda even asks, well, what happens if you have feelings for somebody? And Jake says, I'm not feeling anything. Yeah, he's like, I'm just trying to be my own. And then I thought this is going to be another time where Amanda's just like, oh, great, Jake, get the hell out of here. You're a nobody. You're a sleaze. You're nothing. You're, 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 you're stupid and get out of here. But instead, she's sort of. She does do that. She, she doesn't She doesn't call him any names. She's just passive and she's like, don't expect me to be waiting when you get back from finding yeah. yourself. Yeah, exactly. It's like, dude, you got to let the man live. And the other thing I, I was wondering about is like, they're, they're still in business together. I mean, isn't she on board with the boat? Who knows? Like they... That whole storyline is like gone. It's like Jake just owns that boat now. Well, he doesn't own it. He like operates it. Right. But with her money. And he like he takes the boat out and they do like ads on it. It's like all boat. Who knows? It's it's totally intertwined. Yeah. Who knows? So let's go to the hospital now. And for the first time ever. There's security and restrictions in place of where you can and cannot go. (laughs) It's like Sydney tries to like go into a room. She's probably been in 50 times by herself. And the the cops like, sorry, hospital personnel only. Yeah, And I mean, is that is the reason that there are police guarding him because he someone did attempt to murder him. So they're just trying to protect him. I guess so. Yeah. Or they're like. We checked your blood records uh, to this accident and your other accident, and yeah. So Kimberly sees Sydney trying to gain access to Michael's hospital room, and she encounters her in the hallway and kind of like leads her into a little alcove. And she tells Sydney that it's really not a good idea for her to show up here. Yeah, and I, I think this scene is important because of what happens later in the episode, but. This this shows Kimberly that she's working with uh, a novice and just someone who is too high strung and not able to uh, go with the flow. Handle the stresses of attempted murder. Yeah. You're like, look, you cannot be barging up in here with cops and being like, what are we going to do? And be all stressed the fuck out. You you need to chill. Now, Sydney counters her and says, well, this is quite a little charade you're playing. You're the one that hit him. You're the one that ran him down. And at first, Kimberly, like, denies this. She's like, like stop fucking talking And she's like, I, um, I don't know what you're talking about. I did not do anything. And then Sydney is like, well, look, I totally know about your other murder plot. And I know that this isn't the first time you've tried to kill Michael. Kimberly has to remind Sydney, look, if if you can't handle this, I'll point the finger at you and everyone is going to believe me. Okay. And this shuts up Sydney and she's out the door. Now, if I was Kimberly, I would just go full crow mode and pull her into the break room again 
and grab her by the arm and just be like, shut up, you little fucking bitch. <laughs> Don't you goddamn say shit. That and, brings on the headaches, though. Yeah, and then, like, thunder and lightning would come. <laughs> and then, like, this was just, like, you'd scare the shit out of Sydney again. And she would go back to thinking you're a zombie, zombie chick again. We head up to San Francisco now, and Allison and, and Meredith are talking about their failed relationships. Meredith goes to pick up some takeout food that they had ordered and Allison says that she's going to take a shower. Yeah. Uh, so she starts getting spooked. Yeah. Allison hears a noise coming from the back bathroom and it turns out to being a window open with the shade flapping in the wind. Mm-hmm. And she's like she's relieved to see this because she's thinking that it's an intruder in the house. But I'm like, that would freak me out even more why is this window open is it a i mean i think it's the first floor window yeah like that i would be like freaking terrified the first thing i was like oh shit mr parker yeah so allison shuts the window and she's like oh it was only an open window like okay yeah that's how somebody's breaking (laughs) into the house somebody's probably in the house now she turns away from the bathroom and starts walking down the hall and immediately a man jumps out from the shadows and places his hand over Allison's mouth and says, shh, don't say anything, kid. Shh, no more talking, kid. And we all know who that freaking 1940s radio voice weird guy is. Creepy as fuck, Mr. Parker. So he's got her by the, by the mouth. And it's just like, be quiet, be quiet, don't say anything. Now, I'm going to take my hand away now, kid, and you aren't going to scream, because if you do, I'll hurt you, and I'll hurt you good. And he's throwing, like, every stereotypical thing that that an abuser will say to, like, keep the abusee down. Mm-hmm. He's like, if you tell people, you'll be damaged goods. Which is like Billy Shut won't up. want you yeah. if he knows what happened to you, and it's only gonna make your life worse. And and then he, he's like, in spite of all of this, like yeah, I I molested you guys, but you all seem fine now. Yeah. <laughs> like they're like I we're, I'm not fucking fine. And then we hear Meredith w- fucking pulls back the hammer of a of this gun, and she's like. Don't move, Daddy, or I swear to God, I will blow your brains out. Or, don't move, Daddy, or I'll swear to God, I'll blow your brains out. And then uh, there's a commercial break for, um, for effect. Now, we go back to the hospital. We get word that Mancini is regaining consciousness. What? He's That's, not dead. I mean, crazy, because just about... 14 hours ago, they're saying that he's not going to make it. And now he's coming out of this crazy coma. You can't keep a Mancini down. He's a miracle. He's a miracle. He's a miracle worker. Um, so And luckily, the police are there at that very moment. Very moment. They cannot wait to get in there and question him. Um, so, And I think Levin is the one who's like, hey, guys, can you like, can we give him a minute? Like, don't just start firing questions at him right now. Yeah, the minute he begins to open his eyes, the detectives are on him like, did you see who hit you? Who was it, Michael? Tell us who was driving. Tell us right now. What happened? What's your recollection? And he's still like super foggy. So Kimberly, um, she emerges and makes her way up to the bed. 
puts his puts her hand on her on his chest and is like, "Hey, baby, it's me, it's Kimberly." And Michael, <laughs> he's we think he's about to come too, and then Michael looks at her with this very confused gaze and says, "I'm sorry, but I've never seen you before in my life." Yes. <laughs> We got a healthy dose of amnesia, guys. Oh, I love it. I love that campy soapiness. Oh, my God. So we finally have a memory loss story. <laughs> Probably oh the first God. of many. So we're like, oh, my God. What does he remember? What doesn't he remember? So now we go away to Meredith's fucking mansion that is beautiful <laughs> with a stained glass window and like amazing furniture and she's got a gun basically to to daddy who is just sitting down in a chair and they are they're grilling him um this is where he says oh come on honey you two have grown up so healthy i mean we can just put all of this behind us right and meredith's like you call this healthy i got a gun to your head and and allison is jumping out of windows on her wedding day what the hell, man? And she's got a point. It's like, look, man. I mean, yes, people can recover from being sexually abused and go on to live happy and, and, and successful lives. But that memory doesn't go away, you know? Yeah. Like, it's you still... can't compartmentalize it somewhere and just say, oh, I'm going to forget about that. Yeah, and I'm, just... all, I'm fine now. No, you have to, you have yeah. to deal with it. You got to confront it and you got to... Yes, you, like at some point you do move on, but a, a piece of that is always gone. And I think the um, the uh, the healing is knowing that you're missing that something you know something was taken from you basically, and and you are all right, you know. So. And again, the father continues to say, "Well, I only came to keep you from a, the horrible pain of drudging everything up." Oh. God, no, you came to be a stalkery fucker and threaten to kill them both again. Yeah. Like, what a piece of shit. Like, guy, it's done. Yeah. You know, you should leave. Make, like, fucking Amanda's dad and just get the hell out of town. Like, bye. Well, he does make a last-ditch effort to try to wrestle the gun away from Meredith. He lunges at her, but then... Very nimble, Mr. Parker. Yeah. He's climbing through windows sneaking around a, probably a wood floor house no and, creaks <laughs> no creaks and then he's like ninja does he ninja kick the gun out of her hand no he lunges at her which causes the gun to go flying across the room oh. but another close call but this time billy is the savior yeah they, they're wrestling for the gun on the floor both sisters are like get it get it get it then billy barges in and then he grabs Mr. Parker and like flings him off of both of them. And then he's out the door in probably three seconds. And you hear a car start and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Mr. Parker has left the scene. Billy and Allison are reunited and they Billy goes on to learn what exactly had happened to Meredith and Allison as children. Right. So let's go back to the hospital with Michael where he has the most convenient um, memory loss scenario, where he can't remember anything, absolutely 
Nothing. But he remembers being a doctor in the hospital. Oh, yeah. He, That's the one thing he can remember. He knows that he is a doctor and can still successfully work <laughs> and have a job. And then conveniently, the detectives get a call that Jane is ready to talk and they think that she's ready to confess to this attempted murder. Mm-hmm. So they're off. We're off. We, we, we go back to San Francisco for just a quick bit where Allison and, and, uh, Allison and uh, Meredith are still struggling back and forth. It's like, this, needs, this story needs to progress now. Right, and Billy is a little regretful that he didn't contain their dad. He's like, I shouldn't have let him go. I, I, I had no idea about everything that was going on, and if I had, I wouldn't have let him escape. And... Meredith is satisfied with this. She's like, look, we had it. We did it your way, Allison. We did confront him. Let him roll. We talked it out. We never have to see him again. But Allison is not satisfied with this. Yeah, Allison is very even cookie cutter in this sense. I don't know if calling that cookie cutter is the right word to use. I think that she wants to see the person that did this to her prosecuted right but i didn't mean that in disrespect i mean like she wants to go through the natural steps of of uh of legal proceedings you know what i mean like go through each step like acknowledge that he uh abused them and then contact the authorities and then go through the the steps that's what i mean by cookie cutter Mm. next up we are back at the jail where jane is talking she tells the cops about her theory on Sydney and tells them that they can ask anybody that Sydney hates her and she wanted to see her pay and Michael pay for what they've both done to her. And she's the only one that knows where she keeps her keys. Yeah, that's the biggest uh, tip that she gives them is well, she knew where my keys Sydney were. Sydney does have a motive and she does have the means. Right. But, I mean, I can guess where everybody's keys are, hung up by the door. Jake is living that boat life, and he is chilling, listening to the boombox on the open waters by Catalina Island, and he hears this domestic argument that's going on on a nearby boat where there's just, like, screams of, like, I own you. Don't ever hit me again. Don't you ever hit me again. I'm leaving you. You better not leave. Get back here now. And then splash. So this person starts swimming up. We don't know if it's the man or a woman or what, but she. Uh, we find out that it is a woman. She swims up to Jake's boat, and she's like, please help me, rescue me, save me. And of course, since Jake is... He, he maybe he is getting back to his superhero uh, self, but he helps her up into the boat. And this woman, of course, is an attractive gal that he's just fished out of the water. Right. She's wearing a she's scantily clad in a little red nighty, mm-hmm. and she looks up at him and says, "You saved my life. He was gonna kill me." <laughs> and uh, so this character is Brittany Maddox, played by. The very famous at the time, Kathy Ireland, who isn't necessarily known for 
acting, I would say, but more so for modeling, yeah, right? Yeah, she was a huge model in the 80s. Right. Yeah, she appeared in Vogue, Cosmopolitan, Mademoiselle. Sports Illustrated. Mm-hmm. She's known in film and television. Her first movie was in 1988. I was in first grade. Alien from L.A. She was also on Boy Meets World, which is interesting because we mm. have another another Boy Meets World guy on here this episode. Uh, the Larry Sanders Show, Muppets Tonight, Side Out, Mr. Destiny, Necessary Rough, Roughness, Mom and Dad Save the World, and National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1. Right. So we learn that this woman's husband is a very powerful man, and he's very rich and has very low connections. So we kind of get the sense that he is into some criminal activity, and yeah. he's a rough guy. And she knew, she thought for sure that he would come after her and try to murder her. And I would be just like Jake, like, oh, well, psh, thanks for getting me involved then. You yeah. know, now I'm going to get murdered. And he says, look, he's like, look, lady, I don't know who you are, but I'm taking you back to shore tonight or tomorrow once we get there. And I'm going to, I'm going to leave you at the, at the dock there so you can just sort it out. All right. Yeah. There's a police station. There's tons of, pay phones you can figure it out well no i was actually thinking you could take me to san diego or maybe even mexico or Mexico. what thanks sweetheart like we're catalina right now yeah like you don't know what my plans are i'm not gonna just make a little detour and drop you off in san diego or mexico yeah that's insane did you swim with your passport like you gonna pay for gas you know how much gas is on a boat <laughs> and jake says lady i'm taking you back to the mainland tonight so yeah. you can forget about that. Yeah, that's it. Jake is Jake's sworn off the chicas for the moment. So now Sydney, she sneaks up on Kimberly. At work again. Mm -hmm. Kimberly's leaving work to get into her car. And of course, Sydney's popping up. If the police are trailing any of them, this would be very suspect that she continuously keeps yeah. going back to Kimberly. She does say that she is worried about the police following her and that she took a bus to the hospital that evening to talk to Kimberly in hopes of like getting them off of her trail. Mm -hmm. And Sid, she's like, I'm in trouble. What do we do? I, I don't I don't remember anything. Nobody saw me. I don't know what's going on. And Kimberly gives her a, a pretty solid story. Well, yeah, that Sydney's fear is that she was just at the beach and she doesn't have a solid alibi. So mm -hmm. if the police were to question her, she could tell the truth that she was at the beach where nobody saw her and she was with nobody. Or she could go to Kimberly for advice. And what Kimberly says is, no big deal. What we're going to do is tell the police that we both went to the farmer's market. We had lunch at the little seafood stand. It was 2.30 because you checked your watch. We'll both say that, and then we'll be each other's alibi. Everything will be fine. Sid takes the bait. She's like, yes. And Sydney, she's very, she needs this. She needs someone to, like, set it, set it down for her. Like, but here's what's going on. We've seen Sydney's diabolical schemes before that she's dreamed up herself. Yeah, but she gets worked up. But maybe not on this kind of a scale where yeah. there is like some pretty trumped up charges that's yeah. going to fall on somebody. And attempted murder does carry a lot of prison time. Right. And 
you know, they've set this relationship up, you know, with the ice cream walking down Echo Park. Like Sydney is looking up to Kimberly. So she she is she's relinquished her her independent scheme making. So next scene, we're back at the boat. Jake is dropping off this mystery woman off on the dock and he hands her a wadded up like fistful of cash yeah. like fifty dollars here's a 50 what for what i mean that's a lot of money mm-hmm. if you're thinking about 94 yeah it's probably the equivalent of like 75 to 100 bucks yeah and he's like here you go be on your way i wish all the best of luck and this bitch is like well, you know what this is going to do to me? My husband is, I'm going to have to call my husband now. Thanks a lot. I'm really going to be in trouble now with him. So but get a you divorce. leave me no choice. It's like, use that 50. Excuse me? Yeah, fuck that. Use use that 50. Go get a plane ticket. Uh, discount it. Yeah. Get out of town. Like, I don't know who you think I am. I'm not going to be your little knight in shining armor, sa- like savior person. Yeah, don't put your problems on me. Yeah, I already told you. Al- he already fished her out of the ocean and saved her life that way. Yeah, it's like you give her an inch, she wants a mile. Come on, girl. So she begins walking away, and again, over her shoulder, she's like, "Well, see you later." Now you know what my husband's gonna do to me. And Jake <laughs> is watching her go, and he just gets that pang of guilt where he's like, "Oh God." What could become of her? It might be my fault that she gets murdered or beat. So he says, wait, come back, come back. Okay, I'll let you stay on the boat for a couple of days. I'm not taking into San Diego, but you can just get your life sorted out. Just a few days. And she is really attractive. So so what? I mean, Jake can't say no to to uh, be a beautiful mm, woman. I don't know. Um, but like, what is a few days on the boat going to do for her? You know, the husband clearly saw you swim away to nearest boat. Like they're like the, the chances of him finding you on Jake's boat are much larger than you at the dock. Go fucking off somewhere, you know? Yeah, for sure. So we cut away there. Sydney is getting questioned by the pool of Melrose place. And she feeds the police, like, as Kimberly specified, the, the, the alibi, word for word. And uh, she's like, sweet, hands clean, we're, we're Dunsky here. So the police are satisfied with this, and they're going to go cross-check this with Kimberly. So they leave her, and we go to the next scene, which is Allison and Billy coming back to Melrose Place. After oh, this right. whole confrontation in Merid- at Meredith's house. The mom says that she's going back to Wisconsin and Allison is very drained. You can tell that like she's just been through hell and back. And she tells her mom that daddy showed up and it's all out in the open, mom. Everything. Now the mom is like, Allison, what, what do you mean? This is nonsense. Oh, yeah. And she like, come try- on. She tries to deny everything. And Allison says, Mom, I've gone over and over again in my head. How could you not know what was going on? Yeah. How could you allow our father to do this to us? And she says, I, I can't. The mom is like, Allison, I can't even say it out loud what you are 
accusing your father of. He has never touched you or did anything to you, you and your sister. And you are disgusting for making this up. I will not betray my husband. I have to go for him. I have to go to him. And Allison is so upset. And she's like, mom, you called, he called you, didn't you? He is a monster. And the mother is like not listening to Allison at all. And she just says, I'm not going to betray my husband. And if you were any kind of daughter, you wouldn't either. And with that, she picks up her bags and she's gone. Mm. Allison, of course, just falls into a heap of tears because imagine this, the mother, your mother, the person who's supposed to be your protector is completely denying that this horrible travesty happened to you as a child. Yeah. And I think it's probably was very clear to her while this was all going on, but she just didn't want to believe it. And it's just a really awful scenario that I'm sure people have been in in their lives where those closest to them do not believe that the abuse is occurring. Yeah. You got to at least, at the very least, hear it out and, and, and get the facts and, and try to understand and, and uh, console, you know? Oh, I'm with you. For sure. Yeah, it's fucked up Allison's mom. So now Sydney goes to the hospital again to check to talk with Kimberly and now she's arrived at the the most perfect time to where she's hearing exactly Kimberly's story to the police so she does, she hides behind like around the corner just just in an ears reach of uh of hearing what's going on and Kimberly gives the cops a completely different story so what we know now is that Sydney is royally fucked. Right. So th- without missing a beat, Kimberly says, oh, I was at a hospital. I was at the hospital library doing research from this time to this time. Mm. Yeah. Why? Is everything okay? Just totally playing dumb. And yeah, she's like, what? Did, did someone say I was somewhere else? And they're like, oh, no, don't worry about it, ma'am. We're, we're, we're good. F- you're fine. Yeah. You're fine. <laughs> So we go back over to Billy and Allison's place and Allison is feeling very dejected, very just like at the end of her rope, Billy has made her soup and he's like, look, Allison, I think we just need to let your dad go. We need to just concentrate on our future together and forget about the past. Let's work together on this. What I think we should do is drive to Vegas tomorrow and get married like we should have gotten married we make it official and we just go on about our lives together. And at this moment, she's down. She's like, Billy, yes, I will marry you. I think that's a great idea. She should marry Billy. Agreed. She should just she should marry Billy. There's so many times that we have said, Ooh, don't, do don't marry Billy. <laughs> but it's just kind of like this poor guy has been yeah. through hell and back with you. And it took you, three seasons. You love you love Billy. You guys should, like, he is in your corner. He wants to support you. You need somebody to lean on. He's your guy. He wants to stay with you even though you walked out on a wedding. Like, I, seriously, no matter what the the, the reasoning, that is hard for Billy, you know? You're about to get married. It's going to be the best day of your life. And 
your partner in crime is like nowhere to be found. You know? Well, there were extenuating circumstances. And this is something in the Facebook group that our friend Donald brought up because I was in your camp too, Dan, saying, uh, hello, you need to tell Billy what's going on immediately. But at that moment, she was genuinely afraid for her life. Yeah. She came to this awful realization that what her father had done to her, all of these suppressed memories came flooding back mm-hmm. and her father told her that he would kill her. Yeah. I get that. You want to get out of that situation as soon as possible. You genuinely fear for your life. It may be hard for you to take into consideration the feelings of others and what your those actions would do to them at that very moment. Yeah. You have to just work on your own self-preservation. Right. And I'm not saying what Allison did was wrong at the wedding. I'm saying that it's 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 a Even, lot for Billy. I mean, and I agree, I agree with you. Even no matter what was going on in Allison's world and how understanding Billy can be, at that moment Billy is like, "What did I what did I do?" Exactly. And it may I mean, just the public rejection yeah i mean not all of their friends and family are gonna know the backstory about what happened yeah all they're looking at all they see is the bride got cold feet yeah obviously what's wrong with billy yeah what's up with their relationship so it's a very tangled web and there are a lot of things to consider and it's very delicate Mm -hmm. tangled web oh yeah oh oh yeah so they're all set they're going to go to Vegas, and we cut to Kimberly, who not only is an accountant, a doctor, she is now an expert in breaking and entering. She's a criminal mastermind. <laughs> Under the cover of night, Kimberly saunters into Melrose Place. She gingerly makes her way up the stairs making sure that nobody is seeing or hearing her with gloves on her hand. She pulls out a bobby pin, which she promptly picks the lock to Sydney's apartment door. A bobby pin. Yeah. She's pretty adept. I used to be able to pick of uh, the locks in my, um, in my, uh, house growing up with the bobby pin. Really? Yeah. Like, so one side had the, it was just like a, a circular hole. Yeah. Yeah. And you had the knob on the, on the other side. So all you had to do was like bend a bobby pin open, stick it in there and like find the little notch. Yeah. And you could unlock it. it. I could do it with a credit card, but only with the bottom lock. You can oh, get like a credit shut. card in. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but she, I guess no top locks. We don't have a deadbolt or anything. Nope. Um, she lets herself into Sydney's apartment and she has a short blonde wig, which she deposits into Sydney's chest of drawers. For reference, someone was driving Jane's car, hit Michael, and all we saw was yellow hair. Short blonde hair. Mm-hmm. So she puts that into Sydney's dresser drawer, and she's out of there. She is out. Wig has been planted. But not before she says, bye, Sydney. Bye, Sydney. (laughs) Just so we know that uh, what her devious plans. Oh, and can we also talk about how you you noticed first. Anytime Kimberly does something or gets away or like pulls something off, 
she takes this huge gasp. She does his breath and she holds it and then she lets it out with like her lips kind of like. Like, guys, look out for it because she does it every time. Every time. I can't not see it now that Jenny has mentioned it. Anytime she she does something, she takes this whole like this big breath and then she silently like lets it out. And her mouth is like this little like O shape like. She like gets maybe she's like getting off on it. No, or she just I like think I can't like, believe that that worked. was a close call. <laughs> Woo! Every time she does it, yeah. Look for it. Drink any if you're drinking while you're watching this. You gotta drink. You'd be wasted yeah. after one episode. So we're it's the next day, and the police have a warrant to search Sydney's apartment. Amanda is kind of overseeing all of this. They <laughs> serve the warrant to her. Did you get? Did you catch what she said to the cops? Yeah, she's like, "I want to do this this correct." And she's like, "If you guys keep arresting my tenants, I'm not going to have enough to pay the mortgage." <laughs> <laughs> oh, Amanda, always looking out for number one. No, that that's her. So she lets the cops in, and they start going through Sydney's stuff. We learn that Sydney has not been back to Melrose Place for several days, and that's very suspect. But then one of the detectives finds the very telling clue. Yeah. The wig. The wig. And guys, if you have a short blonde wig in your house, then that's it. You did it. You did it. (laughs) I mean, I have a short blonde wig. Dude, here's how you get out of this one. I said this while we were watching. I was like, just she's a stripper. She's a stripper. She can have like 50,000 wigs and it's not yeah. like that yeah. doesn't mean you committed tried to commit a murder. I'm a stripper in the town I live in. Need a wig. OK, so next up, we get over to the boat. And uh, did we even establish this girl's name? Like I, I only found it from IMDb. Yeah, I don't think that that she even has a name at this point. I do not recall her introducing herself to Jake. Her. Yeah, her character name is something Maddox. I think you said it was Brittany. Brittany Maddox. So, yeah. <laughs> like the ocean girl is Brittany ocean girl. is taking a shower and she opens the door as Jake is passing through the hallway with nothing but a towel on. But oops, she lets the towel slip. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh. Uh, yeah. So she, she's coming out of the shower. She's like, I just, I don't want to repay you, Jake. I, I just don't know how. And she like, I just want you to know that I appreciate you so much. I just wish that there was some way I could repay you. So they start like, kissing. She's kissing him. And like Jake always does this. Even like he will kiss you back. It doesn't matter like if he doesn't want it or does want it. But he'll he'll give you a little something for like a second yeah. and a half. And he does. And they do share a very passionate kiss. Yeah. But then he pulls away and looks at her and says, okay, we're even. And keeps walking. Yeah. And she, yeah, he's like, he's done with chicks. And she says, he's like, he's like, can we just, let's just be friends. Okay. And then she says, just remember, friends do it too. <laughs> and it's just like who is this freaking woman just she's, throwing herself at jake yeah she's very uh i feel like it's like this is like a diabolical plan set set up by amanda <laughs> she's she's what the kids are calling these days a thought um a fish i'd like to fuck 
Thought. T. T H O T. No idea what that means. In the rap songs now, they're like, yeah, yo, you a thought. No idea what that is. It's an acronym. You want to know what it's Please for? Please enlighten me. It's an acronym for that hoe over there. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> you are, what? Like you'd be like, yeah, she a thought. That hoe over there? She's she's just that hoe over there. I just wish you could see my face. <laughs> it's in rap songs. It's so... Oh. Like, look at all those thoughts. Ew! She ho! Swimming over to boats. I just don't like she's that married. people refer to women like that. She's married. She's swimming over to boats. She's making out with people she doesn't know. She a thought. I am more of the plan. I am more of the the mind that this was maybe kind of like a, a setup. Remember when when uh, Michael set up? Oh yeah, with Framke Jansen or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, what? with Jean Grey. Yeah, <laughs> on um on Robert. <laughs> maybe it's like Amanda's way to be like, oh, so you want to quit, girls? Well, yeah. let me see. Could you quit her if she came on to you like yeah. this? This is my model. And then they videotape it. And then she's like, look, that's a timestamp. You told me that you didn't want anything to do with relationships or women. So how do you explain this? Yeah. That would be more believable to me than like what they're than trying to sell. Now. Like, oh, some woman just gets in a fight with her husband and jumps off of the boat. And and then oh, wants to jump sw- Jake's bones. <laughs> like, what? That's very thought-like. Oh, my God. Stop. So now you all know what thought is. You can use it in your daily or uh, don't. daily vocabulary. That is so degrading to women. Anyway, um, we go over to D&D where Allison is talking to Amanda. And she just immediately gets ripped. She's like, oh, um, she asked for a day off to get married in Vegas. And Amanda is just like, oh, great. What's, what's the problem this time? What's Don't I recall on? you being on your honeymoon? Oh, wait. I guess you have to be married in order to go on your honeymoon. So how's the cold feet treating you? Uh, what, what happened that day? Just slinging insults. And, of course, Amanda does not need an explanation. Like, whatever happened between her and Billy or whatever that day is none of her business. But for whatever reason, I think Allison is just so fed up with all of Amanda's bullshit that she's just like, not that it's any of your business, but it was a personal problem. And then, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but before that, Amanda's like, oh, let me guess. Did Steve McMillan come back from Europe? And then he like made you not marry Billy. <laughs> and then that's when Allison is like, actually, I was molested by my father. Okay. Do you yeah. want to know it all? And that is why I, I just remembered like before I was going to walk down the aisle. And then Amanda seems genuinely, um, she does an entire 180. Yeah. She seems like she, she's regretful of what she said. And she's like, Oh, Allison, I had no idea. Of course you can take some days off, take all the time you need. Yeah. And she's like, my, she was like, if I was you, I would nail him to the cr- to a cross. Or yeah, whatever. she's like, if it were up to me, I would never, I wouldn't let my abuser go. I would make sure that he paid for what he did to me. Yeah, so she's like, get his ass. And now, Sydney goes to Melrose Place, check up on Jane. Jane's got her groceries. She's headed for her door. 
and Jane reveals that she has told the police that Sydney wanted Michael dead. And that all of the charges are most likely going to be dropped against her. And now it seems the as though the cops will be coming after Sydney. Right. So Jane's like, I'm all good. So See ya. Bye. Have a good time, Sydney. Uh, and now we go back to the hospital. Michael's memory is rapidly coming back. It's coming around. He he said he feels safe with Kimberly and that he remembers another a red-haired woman. With green demonic eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and Kimberly assures him, oh, that's Sydney. But don't you worry. I've taken care of her. She's far, far away from us, Michael. Oh, Michael. Oh, Michael. Next up, we go back to Melrose Place where Billy is loading up the car, which is a really nice, Dope. like... Like convertible from like it looks like from like the 50s or 60s i wonder was that a wedding gift it's when like did a they really get... nice car or someone maybe... let us know when they got where they how they got their car they were maybe like renting it to use to go to vegas who knows maybe. he's he's loading everything up oh sorry speaking of cars someone mentioned that the jeep yeah that Allison got from Steve, mm-hmm. that she returned that. She like, did? Yeah, I don't remember that ever happening, but apparently in our group, someone was like, oh, yeah, she returned it. It's quite possible. That we would never be, saw it again. And that would be a very Allison thing to do. I returned Steve, it. I just can't accept this. It's just too grandiose. And Steve was like, thanks, because microcomp isn't doing so well. <laughs> It turns out that ad campaign with me cradling a computer laying on the floor just wasn't selling yeah. a lot of computers. And my computers look like VCRs. So <laughs> thanks. So um, he's packing up the car to go to Vegas and get married. And Allison kind of sheepishly comes out and he's like, come on, let's go. And she kind of gives him that look. And Billy's come to to know what that look means. He's like, you're not, you're not fucking going, are you? Oh, Billy, it's just... Everything with my father, I just have so much to sort out. And I don't know, I just feel like we have to get this all sorted out first. She can't go. And I'm just thinking, you know, this isn't like mutually exclusive. Like, you know you can still get married and be with the person you love in addition to trying to build a case against your father. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like, like you're, you're in a committed relationship with Billy. You can tell that this is a really big deal for him. Yeah. You want to marry him. You've said yes. Why not just go and take a breather, come back and then nail your dad to the effing wall. And Billy is, he, I I guess at this point he's sort of done. Well, she says, Billy, you got to look at this from my side. And that's when he says, Allison, we always look at everything from your side. It's never about what's good for me or what I want. It's what you want all the time. And I've, I've, I'm done. Yeah. Good luck with your family stuff. I got to go. Yeah. And he go, maybe he goes to Vegas by himself. Maybe. Maybe he goes to see Jungle Jane. Well, Jungle Jane, Sydney, <laughs> Speaking of. makes her way to Shooters where she's trying to talk to some random waitress there into giving her a couple hundred dollars so she can skip town. I'm just happy to see other employees at Shooters. Yeah. Like, that place was buzzing, by the way. 
There was a lot of people in there. A lot of people there. And the waitress is very hesitant. And she's like, look, Sydney, I couldn't give you any money because that would be aiding and abetting. We've had the police come here twice looking for you. And how much cash are you going to get off of a waitress immediately? Like what? Like a hundred bucks? Yeah. Like how much do they carry? Like when we were serving, what would... I, sometimes I go in there with no bank and just oh. be like, well... Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, some places they make you like have a hundred dollar bank. No, you have to have two, 20 bucks at least. 20 at least. Yeah. Mm. $20 bank. Um, so yeah, like you're not going to get much from this server. So Sydney is, she's sad. She's like, fuck, the cops have been here. Oh shit. All right. I need to go. So she turns to run out the door, but oops, she runs right into the two detectives, boy meets world guy. Sydney Andrews, (laughs) you are under arrest because we found a wig. And that's all she wrote, guys. That's the end of the episode. She's totally fucked. So, season three, episode one, in the books. Yeah. Let's recap it. Michael is okay from the hit and run, but is now suffering from amnesia. Sydney gets questioned by the popo. Jane is released from custody, and Sydney is arrested for the hit and run. Mr. Parker stalks his daughters and attacks Allison. But Billy shows up just in the nick of time to save Meredith and Allison from their dad. But unfortunately, Mr. Parker gets away. Jake rescues hot woman in a domestic dispute. And Allison backs out of marrying Billy again. 90s moments. What you got? I've got the San Francisco cable car. The trolley at the beginning. To frame up um, Meredith's house, there's like a there's a shot. They still have them there. I know, but it was like super nineties. I'm sure they've been redesigned or like refinished. Babe, they're from like the late eighteen hundreds. Yeah. So. Okay, sorry. It's my moment, Jenny. Fine. Can I have it? If you feel like that's 90s. That's my moment. It could be 1890s. I don't question your moments. Okay, fine, fine. Um, mine is sack lunch, using that term. Uh, the When Jane and Sydney are having their conversation in jail, sitting behind Sydney is a dude with a full mullet and full jeans. <laughs> Jean jacket. Head to toe. Yeah, he's not doing anything. He's just sitting there. He like he he is a nineties moment. Uh, I have Sydney's suspenders. Hmm. Yep. Um, Jake is listening to a boombox on the boat, which I think is the same boombox that Reed was blaring on the day that he was murdered. Mm-hmm. You'd think that'd be some sort of in an evidence locker or something. <laughs> uh, Allison Scort. <laughs> God, I had so many of those. Gotta love Scorts. <laughs> um, Jane again, rocking the paper groceries. Those uh, are coming back. They are coming back, but not with those shitty handles. Mm-hmm. I got Sydney's, uh, Sydney's jacket. Has the the leather tassels? Oh yeah, her old uh, Native American jacket. Mm-hmm. Nice. And so the it. lesson: What do you take away from this episode, Daniel? My lesson is: If you can't trust your murder partner, 
save your own skin and rat first. And I have a side. What's your lesson? I have a side. Hey, mine lesson. is so close to yours. Don't trust the untrustworthy. Mm-hmm. Like Sydney had nothing to do with this hit and run. Nothing. Yeah. I don't know why she inserted herself into this whole plan with Kimberly. If she would have just gone about it like, uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. That's a good point. And not implicated herself. She wouldn't have given. She would not have given Sydney. I mean, sorry, Kimberly, the idea to even say, oh, maybe I F up her alibi. Like, and that's really all they have on her. They just have Jane's word of saying, oh, well, my sister hates me. Yeah. I mean, and if they if they didn't take it any further than that, they would have no actual evidence. The only physical evidence they have is that she has a blonde wig and that her alibi doesn't check out. Yeah. I mean... That's it. If she would have just, like, stuck to her guns and said, I have no idea what you're talking about, because genuinely she didn't, she would not be in this mess. Well done. So maybe don't insert yourself into drama. Yeah. If she just stayed out of Stay it and said, I don't it. know what is happening, she'd be fine. Go back, Jungle Jane, start dancing, or work at Shooters again. Game over. What was your side lesson? My side lesson was uh, marry your boyfriend, then press charges on your dad. Or do them all together. <laughs> if you really love them, you know? Yeah. Like, she's not saying I don't want to be with you, Billy, but she's not... She's not taking the the steps with Billy, you know? Yeah, but you got to kind of wonder, too. It's like, I know Billy wants to just get it over with. It's like, if you can't wait a little bit, like, this has been a really earth-shattering realization for Allison. But he's been waiting, and she said, yes, I'm going to go to Vegas. Don't say you're going to go to Vegas, then. She said she was definitely going to marry you. two-minute conversation with Amanda sways her. Yeah. She's like, sweet, I'm down, let's go. And then, she talks oh, you're to not Amanda. going? Okay. Yeah. Now it's time for... Bitch of the Week! I'm a boss-ass bitch, 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 bitch. I'm a boss-ass bitch. All right. Bitch, Last week, bitch, bitch, I nominated Mr. Parker for Bitch of the Week. And Jenny... Nominated Bruce. I did. Now, with 80% of the vote, Jenny, you finally been dethroned. Ah! Mr. Parker is the bitch of the week. And on Facebook, it was a vote of 13 to 3. What? So it took it took a lot, but I finally. I finally broke you. You know what? It's funny because on I'm seeing twelve to six. That's so weird. Yeah, because it's we have had other times where it's been. I got thirteen to three. Twelve to six. Strange. What's going on, Facebook? What's your deal? So let's read some comments here. Alyssa said, "I think Dan is finally going to win this one." 
You're right. <laughs> Viv says, definitely Daddy Dearest Parker for Bitch of the Week because of his annoying 1940s radio voice, which, by the way, makes me want to pull my hair whenever he speaks. Good job, Jenny, with the impressions and Dan. <sighs> and for what he did to Allison and Meredith, Mr. Parker made the basement and bleeding dolls haunting enough for me. Um, he's the reason Allison is a way that she is with her relationships with men, the nightmares dreaming about her strength, her drinking, and now running out of the window on her wedding day for Allison to find out that he molested her on her special day and then threatened to kill her. If she tells anyone, Mr. Parker has the nerve to blame Billy for Allison's disappearance, following and stalking his daughters in San Francisco and watching them in, in the middle of the night. That's one creepy SOB. Mm. David said, I'm shocked this isn't a clean sweep for Bruce. Ha! Thanks, David. Just when you thought Jenny was going to throw a soft pitch and let Dan take this one, she winds up and gives us the epic Me Too era bitch of the week we didn't know we were waiting for. Dan's reverent woe at the end said it all. Even he knew her case was all right. Airtight, babe. Airtight. 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 Sorry, airtight reads like all right. <laughs> we don't need a binding arbitration. Bruce is the bitch of the week. Woo! And then I wrote, yep, no freebies. Jenny plays for keeps. Um. Then Viv says that she's not going to lie, but she agreed with me when we threw in the D&D boys club scenario. And if she were in Amanda's shoes, that she would be pissed at Bruce for not taking her side. I agree. Kevin says, okay, I'll have to give it to Dan this week. I'm going with Mr. Parker. Jenny, I 100% agree with your reasons for Bruce, but I have to go with the child molester who also threatened his daughter with death moments before she is to walk down the aisle. Got it. Donald says, well, what can I say? The evidence is clearly there that Mr. Parker is the bitch of the week. What he did to Allison and Meredith is absolutely horrible and unimaginable. Agreed. Yeah. Um, Jojo said, definitely child molester, Mr. Parker. He traumatized his daughter. He then told her he would kill her if she said anything. Allison's older sister had to leave due to the monster of a father Parker was. She then showed up at her wedding and threatened her once she remembered the cause of her nightmares. Then he tried to shut her up again, propelling her to leave her own wedding. He's a tyrant and the biggest bitch of the episode for <laughs> sure. Episodes episodes should have been called The Darkness Within. Ooh, That's good, good rename. Yeah. And then Sherry says that she is with you, Dan, on this one. She voted Mr. Parker for Bitch of the Week. What he did to Allison and her sister was so wrong. He is one creepy son of a bitch threatening Allison that he would kill her if she tells anyone about how he molested her and then follows Allison to her sister's house and stalks them both. Not to mention that he ruined her wedding day. That was such a bitchy move. Bitchy yep. move indeed. Well, thanks, guys. It feels good to win. Finally. <laughs> so this week, Jenny, who you got? Well, I'll let you go, Mr. Winner. Chicken oh, dinner. I'm the winner. Well, at first going in, I wrote down Allison. Uh, I have oh, sorry, I changed sorry. I changed sorry. mine too. Mine was Amanda. It was Amanda going in. But now I'm saying Allison's mom. Fuck you. I was gonna say <laughs> Allison's mom. 
Allison's mom, 100% bitch of the week. Like, <gasps> you cannot, you cannot, you know, take the information that Allison gave you and then and throw it right back at her. You can't. You gotta, even if, I, I don't know, even if you don't believe, of course, it's your husband. You love him. I don't know why, but you love him. Um, and but Allison's your daughter. Allison's mom, bitch of the week. Jenny, who's yours? Okay, well, because I can't pick Allison's mom, I'm going to go with <laughs> the thought. The thought. <laughs> My bitch of the week is for the woman that's fished out of the ocean by Jake. Number one, just to, for her to get on that boat should be enough. Okay, Jake's fished her out of the ocean from this... Terrible husband that is going to kill her or whatever. Um, but then for her to say, oh, you need to take me to San Diego or Mexico. And when Jake says, no, that's really not in like my plans. I'm not going to make a special trip that she's like a jerk about it. It was like, well, fine. If I get killed, it's going to be your fault. <laughs> how is that? How is that possible? So she's walking away, and of course that plays on Jake's heartstrings. And then she's trying to like basically get him into bed. I think that she is the bitch for sure. All right, sir. Now, <laughs> this episode is named "I Am Curious." Melrose, I don't understand. Is that supposed to be like a reference to something that we don't know? I am curious, Melrose. I mean, I know that there's a movie called I Am Curious, but that's all I could find about it. If your title has a comma in it, it's bad. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's just bad. I don't know what is up with this, but what would you rename it? This is as bad as Married to It. (laughs) I liked... (laughs) I liked Married to It. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even say it. Married to It. (laughs) Married to it. Married to it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the clown there. from the Pennywise clown. From it. <laughs> I am curious. This is top. We should keep a log of top five, top five bad titles. This is it. I am curious, Melrose. <laughs> what would you rename it? I'm renaming this one. Alla bye bye, Sydney. <laughs> That was really good. <laughs> alibi bye. Mine is unlikely alibi. Mm. We spend too much time together. Everything's too it's similar. It's all the same. Can you say that after I've gone a week? <laughs> <laughs> so predictions. Predictions. All right. Sydney is going to get off on a technicality. That's how they wash this whole situation away. They built up all this drama. They're not that great at like solving it so it like the drama just gets sort of cleaned up so there's going to be some sort of technicality on like oh and it'll probably have to deal with um since michael's lost his memory there's just not going to be enough evidence with this wig you know that's all they have so that'll all go away i think allison and billy are completely over and this along with the daddy issue is what is going to send her into um, this famous drunk ass Allison that I've heard of so much. Um, I think 
I think the memory of evil Michael is gone, and this may be an opportunity for um, Jane to reshape old Michael that she loved so much. What? And they get back? Uh, maybe. Will they? Re- maybe they'll rekindle it. Oh my! God. He has no. He has no recollection of anything except he's a doctor. So fresh slate, Michael. I mean, why not? <laughs> why not? And uh, I think Jake needs something new. Boat life is horrible. It doesn't suit him. They don't have the setting for it. It's they just. It's always at nighttime. He's on the boat. You know. It's like, just end the boat thing. Get him back in the in the in Jake's bikes or something. You know, have yeah. him join a biker gang. I agree um, that that's getting pretty tired. But I think before they get rid of the whole boat thing, that he's gonna hook up with that sea woman. Sea woman. And that Maddox. Yeah, with Brittany Maddox, and then that is going to invite a whole other. Thing of drama with her husband trying to come back. He probably finds out about this little romance and then he wants to kill Jake. And I'm sure that that'll be like a whole other storyline that Jake has to like fight these like bad, like gangster guys. Mm. Um, I think just like you said, Allison and Billy really break up this time. And I think that dad has to come back in somehow. I think the dad has to come back in to try to like, get his revenge on the girls Mm. yeah what do you think can you believe this is the same show as season one it's like (laughs) it's so crazy everything unfolds so quickly it's very it's almost hard to like keep it all straight yeah because there's so much happening and maybe it's because this was the season opener and -hmm. they needed to keep it like just really quick and intriguing and like but sometimes it's almost like it's too much. Yeah. Well, I mean, I felt like this episode was so fast. Yeah. Because and because last week it was an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. We just came off of that. Yeah. Neighbor. I mean, it's. I still love it. But and even like even the DVD cover and 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 the the menu is all different for this season. Yeah. No one's really smiling anymore. <laughs> the it's first, like, well, yeah. we're just going to backstab everybody. The first box set is like, everyone's <laughs> super happy. And now it's like, just like straight face. Melancholy. Mm-hmm. We're getting there. Yep. It's going to be a fun one. And uh, we want to thank you all so much for listening and contributing to the podcast. We're on Facebook. Twitter and Instagram at Melrose Pod. You can contribute to the podcast by going to patreon.com slash Melrose Pod. Um, and leave us a review. Yeah, leave us a review. If you haven't reviewed us on Apple Podcasts yet, do it. Do we have any? Nope. We didn't get any. We didn't get any. Come on, man. <laughs> it's so quick. Um, could you? This is Meredith, Allison's sister. <laughs> If you have a moment and you could just go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review, that would be really great. And if you don't, I'm going to blow your brains out. (laughs) Yeah, hook us up, man. Or email us, melrosepod at gmail.com. Well, guys, we love smut. 
And we love you. 